to the Ortho Eval Pal podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 287 of the Ortho Eval Pal podcast. I'm your host, Paul Marquis. Today, we're going to be talking about quadriceps activation progressions. Now, we're going to go over why the quads shut down. We'll review what reflex inhibition is, and we're going to go over a step-by-step progression to how we should start with quadricep reactivation and so much more. But before we get started, I'd like to take a moment to hear a word from our sponsors. You've all seen the name Chattanooga in rehab clinics. Chattanooga has been a staple for all your traditional clinical equipment needs, and they are now carrying modalities including high-powered laser, focus shockwave, and radial pressure wave devices. These modalities have the ability to transform your practice from both a clinical and revenue standpoint. Trust me, I have patients traveling over an hour to come have radial pressure wave treatment in our clinic. Click the link in the show notes to request a quote, schedule an in-person demo, or get more information on their new modalities. You can also visit their website at www.lightforcemedical.com. Welcome back. So I am so glad to be back here with some unrevisited content. Uh, I had to uh, take a little time just to kind of take care of the busyness of life. Uh, I just finished doing two blood flow restriction training courses with Dr. Susie Lachowski from Glass Training and Education. We had a great time with those courses. We have many more of them coming up this summer. Uh, so we've been doing that, and I've had just lots of other things going, um, getting ready for my daughter's graduation here, and uh, just so much stuff, and work has been kind of crazy. So we batch recorded a lot of our most popular videos, which were the cervical spine and nerve root compression uh, talks, and I hope you enjoyed those uh, if you had missed them in the past. Um, but before we do get started today, I just wanted to throw out a little good luck to all of you PT, OT, and medical students out there who are going to be graduating soon and sitting for the boards. Uh, my daughter is going to be one of them, and I you know, wish her all the best uh, you know, with starting this new chapter in life, and uh, I think it's super exciting. I remember it seemed like it was just yesterday when I uh, sat for my boards, graduated from college, and uh, started a real job job and was able to apply all these things that uh, that we've learned in college and uh, through podcasts like this one. So let's get to it. We're going to talk a little bit about, you know, quadricep reflex inhibition and, uh, you know, tr- how do we get this quad to fire up when we want it to? And I think the best thing to do is to understand, you know, why does the quadricep shut down when it does? Now, we talk about quadriceps reflex inhibition. Others may know this as AMI, arthrogenic muscle inhibition. Uh, it's another way of, of, of mentioning that. Uh, you know, we're talking about a change in the function of the articular sensory receptors in and around the knee. So those afferent fibers that are sending messages to the brain are getting messed up. They're not sending good messages. The brain is interpreting something at the knee that is happening and therefore shutting down the quad. Now, why does this happen? Well, the four biggest reasons are swelling, inflammation, and that inflammation causes pain, instability of the knee, and some sort of direct damage to the afferent nerves that are sending these messages to the brain. So simply stated, there's a problem in the knee. 
the brain says there's something wrong here. Let's shut these big, powerful quads down. And that's kind of how I like to explain it to patients so that they have a, a better understanding about why we are going to do, you know, what we do. Now, what causes these types of issues? Well, you know, this could happen post-surgically. could happen with knee trauma, just simply osteoarthritis of the knee or some sort of a sprain or strain. Anything that causes swelling, pain, instability will, will give you this, you know, reflex shutdown or this uh, reflex inhibition. Now, as we move forward, you know, we have to understand what kind of barrier this is to rehab in regards to the quad shutdown. It is so significant, and I have seen so many patients try to work through this reflex inhibition and just, you know, hit a brick wall. And I think that, you know, what we need to do is we need to look at, you know, what happens when you have reflex inhibition, and then we'll talk about, you know, how do we manage it. So, number one, you'll develop some quadricep atrophy and weakness you're going to develop a flexed knee posture, you know, oftentimes because that quad is just not able to hold you very well. So you engage your hamstrings to give some extra stability. Um, you change the way you walk. You might use your calf a little bit more to help support the, uh, the leg, and um, especially when it's trying to flex. Now, the other thing that could happen is, you, you know, because of all of these things, you end up with an altered gait. Well, that altered gait is going to bother the knee. It's going to bother the hip. It's going to bother the back. Um, and on top of all that knee pain that comes with this, you know, you're losing sleep. You're not functioning well. You develop some chronic knee pain. And then this becomes this vicious cycle where it just continues to cause you pain, inflammation, swelling, and the quad keeps getting smaller and weaker. And then, you know, functionally, uh, you start to have difficulty doing stairs. Maybe you have a hard time squatting. Maybe you can't bike or run anymore. Um so I think before we talk about reactivating and reawakening these quads, we should talk about, you know, quad activation. You need to address the causes of the problem, okay? So we know through research that, you know, capsular distension, so this capsule around the knee, as it distends and gets bigger, um, can cause this quadriceps shutdown. So things like non-steroidal anti-inflammatories can help decrease that inflammation, Compression, I'm a big advocate of compression, especially when people are up and on their feet a lot and moving around quite a bit. That compression can help keep that swelling uh, you know, at bay. Elevation of the knee uh, can really help get that swelling down also, you know, getting it above the heart. We've seen people who have had intraarticular injections uh, do better with quadricep reactivation because that inflammation has settled down. But I've also seen a significant improvement in a quad set or quad control when there is an aspiration of a significant effusion in the knee. I don't know how many people have come in and said, yeah, the, the doctor, you know, sucked the fluid out of my knee. And as soon as I get off the table, I could walk so much better and I had so much less pain. Well, that is decreasing that distension on the capsule and therefore decreasing that reflex inhibition. So, um, you know, by taking those inflammatory and swelling components out of there, it can help push you ahead quite a bit. Now, there's nothing wrong with trying to decrease your pain. Your pain is a shutdown, you know, mechanism for your quads. So modalities can be helpful here. You know, I, I hear so many young therapists get into situations when they're at their workplace and, and you know, their, their employers are saying, we, we, we're not using modalities anymore. The research shows it doesn't help. You, you're not heating. You're not icing. You're not using ultrasound. You're not using electrical stimulation. We're just doing things that we can bill. And 
and, and yes, the, sometimes the research will drive the way we think in that, in that direction. But through experience, I've had a significant improvement in patient pain with things like interferential current and use of TENS to decrease that pain so they can activate that quad a lot better. Um, ice can help decrease pain. And remember, ice is not an anti-inflammatory. It does not get rid of swelling, but it certainly can help decrease the pain and just quad, uh, you know, improve that neuromuscular control of the quad. The other thing that I have seen is poor patella mobility. So if somebody loses good medial gliding of the patella or they cannot superiorly glide the patella, let's say they have a, a patella infera type syndrome, that quad will not want to fire very well because of that localized you know, patella femoral discomfort. I've seen people, I, I've seen young people not even be able to perform a double-legged squat, you know, to do like a chair sit. Uh, and uh, because of anterior knee pain, we mobilize that patella. We, we just improve the mobility by just a little bit. And uh, I've seen people go from not being able to do a double-legged chair sit to, to hopping on one leg right after doing some patella mobilization. So make sure that patella is moving well also, and that will help to push you ahead. Now, for the meat and potatoes of what we're talking about today, we want to talk about reawakening that quad, getting it to fire better. And there's really kind of a progression that you should take when you do this. You shouldn't just start somebody into high-level squatting exercises because I've seen this. I've put biofeedback on people's quads who can perform a single-legged lateral step down and not even fire off the quad and use all the accessory muscles to be able to do that. So we want to make sure that we can get that quad firing in the right order. So I always start people naturally. You know, can you tighten up that quad? Can you push your knee down into the table? Feel the table on the back of your knee? They should be able to try to do that actively, okay? Then... You want to use cues like, you know, watch your kneecap. I want to see your kneecap move up toward your hip when you're tightening your quad. I want you to push that knee down into the table. Okay, a lot of people you know, contract their hamstrings to try to push their quads into it. And we really want to get the quad to do all of the work if possible. A lot of people, because they have this swelling and discomfort when they fully extend their knee, and we know how important extension is, and if they cannot do a quad set in full knee extension, place a small towel roll under the knee. Make sure they keep the heel down on the table or on the floor or whatever their surface they're on and have them tighten that quad into the roll. And you will notice that they are going to fire that quad off a lot better. And you can even test this, trial this um, with a patient sometime who has difficulty doing a quad set in full extension. Put a biofeedback on their VMO, have them contract and see what their numbers are. Put a little roll under their knee and have them do it again. And I'll guarantee you, you're going to see higher numbers. But obviously, we don't want to keep them in flexion all the time. So what you do is have them do maybe 10, 12, 15 repetitions with the roll under the knee. Maybe make the roll a little bit smaller for another set of 10 or 12. And then take the roll out completely and try to get them to full extension. All right, You want to be able to get a good, strong quad set with full knee extension. And this is with almost any knee injury from osteoarthritis to uh, a meniscus tear to ACL reconstruction. You want to get good extension. Okay, It's way more important than getting knee flexion. Now, 
The next thing you could do if they're just having a hard time turning that quad on is you could do some patella facilitation. So basically simulating that, you know, that stretch reflex like you would before you, you know, jump to do a layup. Uh, let's say you're doing a right-handed layup. You're going to be bending the right knee and then pushing up before you propel yourself up in the air. And uh, that is just presetting that muscle to contract. We do the same thing with patella mobilization. So what I will do is I will put my thumb and index finger on the superior part of the patella on one hand and then do just the opposite on the inferior with the other hand and I will move that patella superiorly and inferiorly and I'm going to tell the patient I want you to tighten up your quad and push down into the table and pull your kneecap up against me when I say go. And so what I do is I'm moving that kneecap up and down. I'll say on your mark, get set. And as I push the kneecap inferiorly, I'll say go. And as soon as I go inferiorly, they are to contract and make the patella move superiorly. So we're just getting a little stretch reflex. We're elongating the quad so it gives them a little more mechanical advantage to be able to pull up. And you're not doing a Clark sign here, okay? You're just pushing the patella down and allowing them to pull up against you, but you're not giving them resistance. You're just giving them a little bit of feedback. And oftentimes, they can learn how to contract that quad so much better just by doing that. And I might do a dozen of those and then see if they can do it on their own actively and naturally. Now, sometimes they can do a quad set. They might think they're doing a quad set. They see this patella moving a little bit. The quad is quivering a little. Um, and they think that's great. And they go home and, you know, I usually tell my patients who I want them to reactivate. I tell them they're going to do 100 to 150 quad sets a day. So 20, 25, every couple of hours. And they go home and they do it and they come back and they say, you know what, I did 150 a day and da -da -da, here's my quad set. And I look at it and it's still like very poor. It's just, it's, it's, you know, contracting, but it's very weak. Throw some biofeedback on them, okay? Get some immediate feedback. Show them how well they're contracting. Put it on their good leg first and have them do a couple quad sets and look at the numbers and watch the arrows move. And then put it on that affected leg and have them do it again, you know, and start them at a goal that is achievable and have them work at that. And you'll notice at first, you know, when they see it immediately, they're going to be able to contract that quad so much better, okay, because it's immediate feedback. Then they're going to feel that quad working. Increase that goal a little bit, all right, and have them push a little bit harder to meet that goal. Use the biofeedback. I think it's a great device to help with this quadricep re-education. Once they get this better quad, you'll notice when they get off the table and they start walking, they're going to feel a lot more stable. They're going to have less pain. Um, they're just going to feel like everything is moving better. They don't have to think about walking so much. Um, now, some people just have a hard time in that straight leg raise position to do a quad set and to activate. So sometimes... If we can, if there's no, you know, post-surgical restriction to doing this, I will throw them right into some open uh, chain knee extensions. Now, there's been a lot of controversy over the years about not doing long arc quads after ACL reconstruction. I think that's all coming around again where, where they're finding it's way more important to get the quad active early than it is, you know... Uh, running the risk of stretching the ACL. So I start long arc quads right away. And I might even do blood flow restriction training while doing this just so that we get this, you know, this quad hypertrophy without any heavy loads. Um, and this is a great way to just get that quad fired up. 
you have to use the quad in order to extend the knee in the open chain. So you're not cheating anymore. You're not pulling the knee down into extension while you're in the seated position like you could with your glutes if your quads are not active. So make sure that it's really isolated to the quads. Now, if people are really having a hard time, they're just not coming around, um, and even early on, it's, it's just hard to do after surgery, throw some NMES on there, uh, Russian stimulation, put the small electrode, I usually like to try to do a smaller electrode over the VMO, and then a larger electrode over the rectus, just so that um, you get more concentration under that small electrode right in that VMO. And what I tell patients is, we're not doing NMES for it to increase your muscle strength, all right? Because it will not increase your muscle strength. But what it will do is it will help you learn how to contract your quad better. So as we are ramping up the NMES, they're going to feel this tingling start. And so I tell them, as soon as you feel that tingling start, you start to contract the quad with it. And then it becomes more and more and more intense. But while it is on, they are still contracting as hard as they can for 5 or 10 seconds. And then you're getting that rest period after. The key here is to start contracting when the stem starts firing up and you start to feel that tingle. Okay, that is very important. Um, now... There are some people out there who just can't contract their quad. They've had femoral nerve damage. I had a gentleman who had shingles in his L3 nerve root and um, just had nothing uh, for knee extension. You have to then jump into direct current stimulation in order to uh, be able to get that quad to fire. Uh, you know, I've done it on a few patients just to kind of get them started. And once they start to activate, I jump right into NMES or biofeedback. And uh, they progress nicely with that uh, over time. But uh, that would be kind of our progression on how we reawaken the quads and get this neuromuscular control back. And when you can do that with some order like that, uh, it goes nicely. Uh, ultimately, this patient needs to be able to contract their quad on their own. And uh, it shouldn't be done by other devices. And so uh, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Uh, you know, th this is getting back to the basics. And I think that it's important that we kind of look back and say, all right, how do we get this person from point A to point B in a safe way, in a nice progression, goal-oriented so that they see improvement and progress? So um, hope you enjoyed today's show. I hope you all uh, take care. Have a great day. And till next time. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.